seat. Hey, it's good to be here. Uh, I was in Jersey last week speaking, and things are going well over there. I was, I'll be at North next week, and I'll be back around here sometime. And, uh, but thank you for praying, and, and uh, for you who are guests this morning, we're delighted you're here. We pray that uh, you'll be encouraged by, by God's word. And, uh, you know, we've been talking about space, right? Can anybody re- remember any of the things that Mark said? What, what are some of the topics of space that we need to make? Wisdom, okay, good deal. Rest, ooh, rest. You guys look like you're doing a good job resting, right? How many of you rested during the game last night, at least the first inning? Yeah, okay, that's right. Yeah, it kind of jumped out a little hairy there. But, uh, yeah, so what was the other one? Hearts. Yeah, make space for our hearts. So we're going we're gonna to take another spacey thing this morning, and we'll get to it in just a second. But let me ask you a question. How many of you guys have been hurt in the last week, you've been hurt in the last week. Okay, your feelings got hurt. It, it, it doesn't mean you're horrible. You just got hurt. Raise your hand. All right, in the last month, the last year. How many of you you've never been hurt? Raise your hand. I, I want to meet with you. Never. Okay, I just want to make sure. Okay, good deal. You know what? If you you don't have to live long to know that you're going to get hurt. The Bible doesn't say you're not going to get hurt. You're, you're going to get hurt. People are going to try to, some are going to intentionally try to hurt you. Some are not out there intentionally hurting you. They just naturally do it, right? You, you know some of those, and, and usually it's because they've been hurt. But here's the issue. If we don't deal with our hurt, it can turn into anger. How many of you know somebody that's angry? Yeah. All you got to do is get out on the street and you can see them. You don't have to drive very far. And, uh, and so we see anger. We see it all over our nation, all around the world, and Probably some of you in this room, you're, you're, you, you, it's not a probably. There's some of you in this room, you're dealing with anger right now. There's some anger in your life. And so you have pain, you get hurt, you, you have anger. If you're not careful, then if you, if you don't get rid of it, you don't know how to deal with it, it'll turn to resentment. How many of you know somebody, not in this room and not you, but they are dealing with resentment? There you go. They're all around you. If you, if you know more than 10 people, you probably know someone that's living in, in resentment and then bitterness, vengeance. We're surrounded with that. We're in a country right now that, that, that there's a large group that's, man, they want vengeance. And if you don't deal with all that and it keeps going, you eventually get to a depression and you get delusional. Now, I want to remind you, I, I, I know you know this, but I want to remind you this. One speaker, lots of listeners. One communicator, a lot of listeners here. So when I share, you've got to listen to God because some things, sometimes when we preach, Mark and I or whoever, Rob, when we preach, we're teaching truth, but you've got to listen because some of you right now, you know, well, I'm not in resentment, I'm not in bitterness, but, but I am angry. And so the question is this, if we don't learn to deal with it, then we hurt others. That's where our nation's at. That's where our world is at. And it's not going to change unless we make space for forgiveness. It's totally impossible for you to remain angry, remain angry, stay angry, let the sun go down, let the sun go down, let the sun go down on your anger. Because the scripture says there in Ephesians 4 that if we do that, then we open the door, we make opportunity for the devil. And that's a 
That's a law. It's not even a principle. It's a law. And so we see that in Ephesians chapter 4, I believe it's 26 and 27, is that we have a nation that's done that. We've opened the door for the enemy to come in, build a nation, a community, a city of anger, and we go, what are we going to do about it? Because the government doesn't want to talk about it, and they feel like they can't. Schools, you know, oh, we can't do that. Separation of church and state stuff, you know, we can't do that. And, and you go on and on and on. And if we're not careful, the church leaves it out. Now, one thing about Keystone, we don't. Because you cannot, listen, it's totally impossible for you to walk in the fullness of Christ and hang on to anger and bitterness and, and revenge. You can't. It's totally impossible. And so what happens is, you know, here we go. This is probably one of my, my least favorite but favorite prop because it's such a reminder some of us right now, you're going, all right, I, I, I don't think I'm dealing with unforgiveness too long. If you, it, too long is one night, according to Scripture. The longer you stay in anger or vengeance or bitterness or whatever it's in, eventually what's happening is you totally get into bondage and you can't see and you become a victim. And it's everyone else's fault. We see that probably this past week, I'm not exaggerating, at least three people, I talk to, they're in this cycle. And they don't want to forgive. There's some of you right now that you're in, you may only be in the beginning cycle. It may not be a 10 out of 10. Maybe it's a 3 out of 10. But eventually, if you don't get out of that cycle, it'll go to a 4, it'll go to a 5. Eventually, keep growing and growing and growing. And the only way you can get out of that cycle is for forgiveness. But I want to take a look at two different kinds of forgiveness. The first one is this, really is the God type. And the point is this, God desires we make space to be forgiven. God desires that we make space to be forgiven. There's a lot of people right now in our nation, they don't, they don't know how to be forgiven. And we're going to take a look at the definition in just a moment. But look what it says in Mark chapter 2, verse 10. This is at, uh, it says that the home where Jesus is staying, which we, we know it would be Peter's house, his mother-in-law's house. And and we know that there's these four guys that want to get this paralytic to Jesus. And, and they come up on the house, and, and it's too crowded. And, and so what they do, they get creative. and going, i got to get him to Jesus. i got to get him to Jesus. i got to get him to Jesus. So what they do, they, they, they make room in the roof. Now, can you imagine? I am shocked that, that Peter didn't say anything, or maybe he did, and, and we, he just didn't make it into the Bible. Okay? I don't know. But you got to be thinking, what are you doing to my house here? You know, and, and so they let him down, and, but they got these scribes, these religious people there. You know, they're, they're back like this. They're always cr- cr- you know, critiquing Jesus and going, who is this guy? You know, we know he's healing people. We can't deny that. But they were thinking in their mind, it says. Jesus was reading their mind. He can do that. And so they're, they're all upset because he'd said something about, hey, uh, your sins can be forgiven. They're going, what do you mean sins forgiven? Is this guy God? And the answer is yes. And so Jesus, he's in a dialogue with them, but they don't even know it yet. <laughs> so I'm just going to pick up in verse 10, though. It says, because uh, he, he, he says here, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth why, to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, rise, pick up your bed and go home. But the point I want you to get here is this. Jesus here, he came to earth because he wants to forgive. He, he is the forgiver. He's not just modeling. That's who he is. He can't do anything but that. Look what it says over in uh, 2 Peter 3.9. 2 Peter 3.9. It says, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, 
but is patient towards you. Let's read the rest here. Not wishing that any should perish, but that all should what? Reach repentance. It's God's desire in his heart, and I'm not going to get into Calvinism and election and all that. You can figure that out on your own. All I know is this. God's desire, according to this verse and other verses, is that all come to know him, that all be forgiven. And so the question is, will we make room? Here's the good news. Aren't you glad that God made space to forgive you? I mean, think about that. I mean, he, they're in heaven, and they're looking around and going, I don't know what they were looking around. I don't know what all they were doing in heaven. We, we, you know, so say with me, but we had an issue on earth. Man is spiritually dead, needs to be cleansed, needs to be forgiven. And, and guess what? Uh, Jesus, we need to forgive them. You're the perfect lamb. You're the son of God here. Uh, I'm making space in my heart. Uh, Jesus, will you make space in your heart to go down there and be born and die? And he says, yes. That was hard on both. Father sending, but it was also hard on Jesus who was the one. But aren't you glad that God, I mean, this is good. Aren't you glad that God made space for you and for me that we can be forgiven? Amen? All right? Hey, listen, we're ahead in the series, so let's be, let's be a little enthusiastic this morning. Some of you act like we lost. All right? I know you're not Padre fans, right? Do we have? Okay, all right. I didn't think so. Let's look at the definition. Forgive means to release, pardon, and send away. I was meeting with a guy a number of years ago, and we were going through some things, and, and uh, I, you know, he, he had shared with some issues and some stuff he had with his parents in the past. And, and really, he, he said, he thought he had gotten over it. He said he had gotten over it, but I knew he hadn't gotten over it. Because all you got to do is look at symptoms and, and listen to what they say. And so I knew, and so I asked, the, I asked this person, I said, uh, have you forgiven your, in this case, it was his dad. I said, have you forgiven your dad? Yeah, yeah, I've forgiven my dad. So I paused, because I knew he hadn't. Now, I'm not God, but I have a relationship with God, and God can speak. And so I said, almost said his name here. I said, so you have released your dad. He goes, whoa, no, I haven't released my dad. I said, that's what forgiving, forgiveness is. It's releasing your dad. It's pardoning your dad. It's not blaming your dad anymore. He began to tear up. Because he'd been saying, see, it's easy to say, hey, I forgive you, I forgive you. It's kind of easy for some people to say, oh, I love you, I love you, you know, and, uh, but do you really mean it? And so to forgive means you have to listen. You have to release that person. Do you believe, I mean, it's the same thing with God with us. It means when God forgives us, he releases us from the penalty of our sin. Amen? Aren't you glad he did? We don't, if you know Christ, you don't have to be concerned at all about the penalty your sin. It's been, you've been released from it. You've been pardoned from it. And so that's what it means. And so to forgive, it's not a feeling, it's a deliberate decision. Because if you wait to feel like it, you know, sometimes you can feel like it if somebody didn't hurt you much, but here's what I know. The greater the pain, the harder it is to forgive. And here's what I know too. It's easier, even if it's a pretty painful thing if they do it to you, but if they do it to someone close to you, whoa, there you see, there you're already doing it. That's even harder, is it not? 
You, you can hurt me, and, you know, and, and it hurts, and I, I'll, I'll get through it. But, boy, you come against my, my wife or my kids. It's harder. I just said harder. I didn't say impossible. Because some are locked into the impossibility part. It's not. Here's the thing. If we don't receive God's forgiveness, it affects our relationship. Look what it says in Romans. I know I'm going fast. I'll say it. Okay. Maybe I'm going with Here we go. Do Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death. That means when you were born and I was born because of the sin of Adam and Eve, we were born spiritually dead. That means spiritually we're disconnected. We're separated. That's what, that's what it means there. For the wages, the consequence of our sin is death, separation. But the free gift, I like that. Aren't you glad you don't have to work for it? I feel sorry for the people who are going to churches today because they, they think it's a work. You know, here's the issue. If you think you've got to work for it, you're going to be miserable because who knows how good your works are. It says here, for the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so if I don't receive him or receive forgiveness, then I'm not in relationship with him. So for me, it was 1975, almost 1976, that I received forgiveness. I received the good news of Christ Jesus in my life. He cleansed me. He washed me. Uh, he, he paid for the penalty of my sin. I don't have to pay for it. It's a free gift. And I entered into relationship with him. Relationship. Now, that's really key because we're going to move to the second thing because the second one is where it really probably gets us. So God desires that we make space to be forgiven, but God commands. This is not a desire. It's a command. He commands us to make space to forgive others. Ah, you knew we were going to get there, right? We, we have to get there. We can't just go around and, and soak and set and enjoy that we've been forgiven, but you know what? Make everybody else pay. It's, it's against the new nature for, to make, for me to make you try to pay. Now, I've done that, and you have too probably, Right? Let's look at a couple of verses. Look at Ephesians 4.32. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind to one another. That's not hard. Okay? Some of you think it's hard. That's a lie. It's not hard. In one sense, it's impossible, but in the other sense, it's totally possible because remember, we have the kind God who lives within us. You're empowered with kindness. You just didn't know it. Some of you, it's hard for you to just kind of wave at anybody. Uh, I don't know, it's kind of hard. It shouldn't be. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted. What? Forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. As God in Christ forgave you. As God in Christ forgave you, guess what? It should be supernaturally natural that we forgive others, that we're kind to one another, that we're tenderhearted towards one another. To the homeless guy. How many of you peeked in the tent to see who the homeless guy is? Did any of you try to help him out? Anybody? No? There's no one in it. All right. But God is asking some of you to go down and be tenderhearted towards the homeless. Not be judgmental. Look what it says in Colossians 3.13. Colossians 3.13. Bearing with one another... And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, forgiving each other. 
Look at the next verse, Matthew chapter 6, verse 12. Matthew 6, verse 12. Now, in Matthew chapter 6 there, it's the, it's the Lord's model prayer. I know many people call it the Lord's prayer, you know, whatever. Uh, it's a model. Jesus didn't need to be forgiven, all right? So it's a, it's a model. Uh, but in chapter 6, the word forgive is mentioned three times. Now, why would it be mentioned three times? I'm convinced at least two reasons. One is forgiveness is not easy. It's not easy sometimes, but it's expected. God knew that if we don't forgive, we, we'd be right over there. You cannot violate. Well, I'm not forgiven. I'm not forgiven. Well, then, then you're going to be you're going to be here. You're going to be right here. You're, and if you're right here, let me tell you something. It will affect every single area of your life eventually. You know why some people, and even doctors who don't even believe in God will tell you, when people go around with unforgiveness, they're more sick. It affects your immune system. I mean, when we say God's a good, good God, he's a good, good God. He's, he knows that living here is not good for us. Living in, with anger and, and unforgiveness and, and revenge and bitterness is, is, is not good. So we see here in Matthew chapter 6, Verse 12, it says, after give us this day our daily bread, that means our daily needs, and forgive us our debts, and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. I heard one guy say this about this verse. Sunday morning, we make more liars than probably any day of the week. Because there's a lot of churches that quote this, the Lord's Prayer, every Sunday. I'm not against that, okay? There's nothing wrong with that. And some will even sing it. Our Father. You don't want me to sing it. Okay. You know. Is that we get to the part here and it says as we also forgive our debtors. Now maybe you ought to just cough when you get to that part. <coughs> you know. Because it's as. He forgave us. Now we are to forgive others. And so that's a truth in our life. He commands this. Well, let me give you some practical things. One is this. To forgive doesn't mean we approve of the wrong. See, that's why some people don't want to forgive because God, ah, if I forgive them and I release them, they're going to think what they did was okay or everybody else is going to think it's okay. No, 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 no. That's not, they, they may think that. That's not your issue, though. You're, you're the unforgiver. It's amazing what unforgiveness does. I mean, there's so many emotional lies and, and baggage behind it. Look what it says in John chapter 8, verse 11. John chapter 8, verse 11. This is uh, Jesus is one of his very unique ways of teaching a verse. He was there teaching at the temple, and uh, some of the Pharisees brought this woman caught in adultery. Now, I don't know what that means. I don't know if they had a scout team out for days, weeks, months. I don't know, searching for a lady caught in adultery. Now, you know what? We have churches that have those people in it, right? You, you, ever, you ever been in a church like that? that, that you know, I pray we don't have anyone at, at Keystone like that. But always looking for someone else's fault. And so they, they bring this lady caught in adultery to Jesus and begins to, to, to you know, ask and make a statement, you know, that Moses commanded that, that she'd be stoned. What, what do you say? 
You know, and Jesus is coming, and he knows the law. He's fulfilling the law, but he's coming to make a new commandment. And, and twice he, he writes down on the ground. We don't know what he writes. I, I, my thought is I think he's writing some, some other ladies' names. That's just kind of what I think. And they go, ooh, wait a minute, I think. And so basically he says, okay, those who have not sinned, then you, you cast the first stone. And so they kind of start backing off, and, and so they don't condemn her in Jesus Listen to what he says in John chapter 11. Because they left. He said, where have they gone? Have they condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Remember in John chapter 3, verse 17, it says that God sent his son not into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world may be saved through him. And so he's modeling it here. Hey, I didn't come to condemn you. I came here to deliver you. I came here to save you. But listen to what he says. Go from now on and sin no more. Quit doing this. Don't do this anymore. He wasn't like, oh, hey, they didn't condemn you. Go, go keep doing what you're doing. No, he, he's forgiving, but he's not saying, oh, it's okay to keep doing that. He's preaching a healthy grace here, not an unhealthy grace. Oh, you can do what you want to do now that you know, you've been saved. So you're not approving of the wrong... Now, I, you've got to search your own heart if there's somebody that you're really struggling with, with forgiving. But I know one of the reasons why sometimes we don't forgive, it's, it's pride. It's pride. If, if I release them, I'm going to look weak. Well, if that's the case, then Jesus is the weakest guy that ever walked the planet. And we know that he wasn't. He was the meekest. Meekest is strength under God's control. That, that's what meekness is. And, and that's what we're to be about. We're not here to condemn the world. We're not here to judge the world either. But we do know what's right and wrong in our world. And we are to come alongside. And, and so what happens is we go, I, I'm not going to forgive them because I'll look weak. You know what the best way to get over that is? Just say you're weak anyway. I mean, anybody here think they're strong? I know you're not going to raise your hand in a group like this. But it's just easier just to get up every day and go, you know what, Lord God, I am weak in myself. I am weak, but you are strong. So let's, just, let's just say that together. Okay, one, two, three, I am weak. One, two, three, I am. I know some of you are really struggling with that. Well, you'll never be strong until you confess you're weak. You see, he wants to be strong in you and through you, but as long as you are strong, he can't be strong in you. Stiff-necked is what Jesus calls those people. Bullhead is what my mom calls those people. Whatever. So forgive doesn't mean we approve of the wrong. But here's the question. We've been talking about it as a group. Let's laser it in and let's get personal. Am I willing to make space to forgive? Am I willing to make space? If you are willing to make space, I promise you, you can get out of this. You go, I, I don't know if I'm in it or not. Do you have anger? Is there some bitterness? Is there a little revenge? Start looking at all that and go, okay, work your way backwards and go, all right, it started with I didn't release them, I didn't forgive them. Now, this is where you've got to make a choice. Well, I'm not going to release them. Well, then you're going to keep drinking the poison and hoping they die. That's what you're going to do. You've heard me say that before. I've picked that up from someone else. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18, we're going to take a look at several uh, verses here. Matthew 18. Find it here. It's right after Matthew 17. That's the last time I looked. 
All right, it's a long chapter here. Uh, this is really, really built off of verse 15 where it says, Jesus says, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Be listened to you have gained his brother. So, so think about it. The disciples are there. For those who already know this, where I'm going to go, Peter is going to be the one who asks the question or make a statement. Now, you know what? I'm glad you got people in a group like that. Because, see, they're probably all thinking the same thing. It was just Peter, though, who, who made the statement. He gets a bad rap sometimes, but I'm, I'm glad he was transparent and honest. And, and so we, we get to uh, verse uh, 21. It says, Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often? <laughs> okay? Isn't that a great question? How often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Now, when we read the rest of this, you're going to go, man, Peter is really stepping out on grace here as many as seven times. Now, there was a reason why he asked that because, see, the rabbis at that time, based off a, a wrong interpretation of Amos, the prophet, they taught that you forgive up to three times, maybe four. That, that was a culture. Okay, so put it in that context. So he didn't just grab a number. So he's thinking, this is pretty good. The rabbis teach three times, maybe four times if it wasn't too bad. But that's the limit. And he says up to seven times. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times, 70 Now, the only other time this is in 70 times seven, the only other time this is in the Bible is in Daniel 9. And we talked through Daniel a couple of years ago. I can't remember when it was now. Probably three years ago. I don't know. But uh, it was somewhere around COVID. I don't know if it was pre or post. But, but we talked about Daniel. But when you see that 70 times 7, we know that there's 70 weeks. And what basically Daniel was saying, uh, when that is fulfilled, the kingdom has arrived in totality. So here's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, uh, Peter, no, we forgive until the kingdom comes. That long? Or another way, you know, just never keep any wrongs. Isn't that what Paul says to the Corinthians? Keep no records of wrongs? Let me tell you something. And I think we have some people that are better at this and others that are weaker. If you keep record, mental records of wrongs, you're going to struggle with forgiveness. Mm, I murmur, 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 murmur. I, I kind of heard that, hmm, yeah. Don't nudge anybody. <laughs> I know there's been discussions in the marriages. I forgive more than you do. Oh, yeah, you're laughing because you've been there, right? When was the last time you, you know, it's always me. I have been there, done that, said that, or felt that, you know what I mean? Just don't keep any records is what he's saying here. Just forgive and forgive and release and release and release and release. That's what God does. So then Jesus tells a story. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king. Now, king is God here. Who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. The most conservative says that's 150,000 years of labor. The most liberal says it's 200,000 years of labor. 
Now remember, this is a parable. It's a story. Jesus is telling a story to make a truth. We're not building doctrine, you know, black and white doctrine around a parable. There's always a truth in a parable, though. And so Jesus is going, you know, it's amazing how many stories that Jesus could tell. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold. Well, duh, there's no way a servant, because he's a servant here, could pay that much. You're not going to live long enough to pay it. Basically, what he's saying is, you know, I've got this king who has immeasurable riches. You, you're coming, and you, you owe this amount. You're, you're indebted this amount. So he says, and since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. So remember, this is a parable. Don't go around selling your wife, okay, or your husband, you know, or your children because you like your nice car. That's not what it's saying here, okay? Then in verse uh, 26, so the servant fell on his knees imploring him, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. No, you can't. You see what he's getting at? You can't pay. You know your salvation? You got people this morning at churches thinking they're going to pay, they're going to pay, and going to pay. You can't pay for this. So some of you need to quit trying. Just receive it. It's, it's a gift. He says, have patience with me and I'll pay everything. Verse 27, and out of pity for him, the master of the servant released him. You see what's happening? I release you, I pardon you, and he forgave him the debt. Now, isn't that amazing that the, that the king did this? Now, in verse 28, but when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him 100 denarii. You know how much 100 denarii is? About 100 days' labor. So you see Jesus going, 100 days' labor compared to 150,000 years to 250,000 years. You just go, he's exaggerating a point here to say, you got to get this truth here. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. So verse 29 says, so his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. Now he could have paid him. We're talking 90 to 100 days here. This, this, this is possible though. But the guy who was indebted that he no way could ever pay back, he's choking him, he's... he's, he's and it says in verse 30, he refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what he had taken place, they were greatly distressed and went out and reported to the master all that had taken place. Then his master, verse 32, then his master summoned him and said to him, you wicked servant. This, this is what Jesus thinks. This is what God thinks when we do this. You wicked servant. I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me and you should not have and you should not have you had mercy on your fellow servant as I had <coughs> mercy on you and in anger his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt now this one says in verse 35 it's key truth in it so also my heavenly father would do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your what from your head right no from your heart Everything starts with the head, but if you don't get to the heart, it's not truth in you yet. And so he's saying here, for me to really release you, I have to release you from the heart. So here's the thing. Scripture makes it very clear, you and I have the ability to forgive. 
Because if you have Christ in you, you have the ability to forgive. Matter of fact, even if you don't have Christ in you, you still have the ability to forgive. It's just not the same ability. We have the advantage. We have the Holy Spirit in us empowering us to forgive. Because I see people in the lost, lost world, they don't, they don't know God, and they forgive. And it's saying here, we should be truly great forgivers. Here's what, here's what we're saying here. I want you to catch You got to get this. You have the ability, and write this down, you have the authority to forgive. Now hang with me. Now I don't have the authority to forgive you from the penalty of your sins so you can have salvation. Only God can do that. But I do have the ability and the authority, if somebody hurts me, to forgive. God has given me that authority. Does that make sense? Okay, you got to be clear on that. Well, if we don't forgive, see, if we don't forgive, it affects our fellowship with God, our fellowship with God. Remember we said we need to receive forgiveness, cleansing, salvation for our relationship. So that means when you gave, gave your life to Christ, when you were born again, your relationship would never change with God. Never, 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 never. He said he'd never leave you nor forsake you. He'd never go, nah, that ain't my boy. Uh, he's kind of misbehaving. No, 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 he's my boy. He is misbehaving. He's still my boy. He's still my, she's still my daughter. The relationship doesn't change, but the fellowship does. And this is very key. This is why some of you can't get out of here. I, I, I just never hear God. I just never feel like God's close. Well, it's because you've got unforgiveness in your heart. We've got a couple verses we're going we're gonna to read here. First one is this, 1 John 1, 5 and 6. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Matter of fact, you can go all the way to Genesis 1. Talking about that this morning to my Kentucky friends. Genesis chapter 1 where, where God, light and darkness, he separates. He always separates light and darkness. That's why he makes it very clear that, you know what, if we or dating someone, and we're, we're in the light, we're not to date dark. But we violate it. Says, That's a freebie. The God is light, and in him there's no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him, while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. There's a difference in relationship, you know. Uh, you, you can have a relationship with people, whatever that relationship is, but the fellowship can be messed up and marred and broken, right? We've all, we've all had those those moments, those times. It can be just in a friendship. It can be in marriage. It can be, you know, in work or whatever it is. So let's look at the next verse. We've already, it's, but if you do not forgive others the trespasses, neither will your father forgive you trespasses. Remember what we said over in verse 12, what he said what, in the prayer? Now he's coming back at two, three verses later. He's saying this, but if you do not forgive, if you do not release others your trespasses, neither will your father forgive your, your trespasses. That's, listen to me, you got to get this. That's fellowship. That's not relationship. Because if that's the case, he'd be coming and going from us all the time, right? I'd be losing my salvation four or five, probably 10 times a day. This is fellowship. He, he wants us to have intimate fellowship with him. So here's what we're going to do. I've got 16 seconds, and I'm going to stretch into about four minutes. So, you know, hey, John's not changed yet, all right? Yeah, that's John. Mark's getting good at it too. I've, I've noticed. I've been keeping it. <laughs> Here's what I want to do. It's one thing to talk about this and go, okay, I get it. But we got to appropriate it. This Matthew 6.15, I quote it pretty much every day. I quoted it this morning at about 5.45. 
I got a bunch of verses that before I get out of bed, I quote the verses and I quote the truth. And I personalize it. We're going to do that in just a moment. But we don't just quote it. We want to appropriate it. We want to get out of it. So here's the issue. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. And if you're at home or wherever you're at watching, I want you to do it right there where you're at. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. And I want you to ask the Holy Spirit. He's the spirit of truth. He's your helper. Amen? He's your helper. He's your guide. He's your teacher. Don't rely on yourself on this. I want you to ask, Holy Spirit, is there anybody right now that I need to forgive? Is there anyone that I need to release? Is there anyone that I'm still angry at, disappointed at, whatever? Ask the Holy Spirit. Some of you go, I don't even need the Holy Spirit on this one. I know. Well, that's, that's okay too. But as the Holy Spirit brings it up, he's not bringing it up to condemn you. He's bringing it up to say, you know what? I'm doing this so you can be released. This is about you. You need to be released. Or maybe you don't. Then learn to do this so you can help other people. You can go do it tomorrow with someone. So here's what I want you to do. As the Holy Spirit brought something to your mind or you just came to your mind, I want you right there where you're at. I want you to repent of it. How do you repent? You start with confessing. You say, Father God. Or, you know what? Let's just say Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Thank you that you shine the light on this person that I need to forgive. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you did that. I confess I have not released them. And be specific who it is. Right there where you're at, okay? I release them. I forgive them. I choose to forgive them. Now, don't move ahead on me. Just stay right there. How many of you, no one look around but me, Spirit of God brought someone up and you just confessed. Right there where you're at, just raise your hand, okay? All over the room, probably half the room right here, more than half the room now. Okay, you can put your hands down. Okay, I want to remind you, the Holy Spirit did this not to hurt you, but to help you. The second R is this, we want to renounce. We want to renounce this. Okay, I'm going to ask Mike over here. Mike, would you come up here? Don't get nervous. I'm not going to point out any of Mike's sins. Mike is going to, yeah, you come on up here. You don't have to be afraid of me, man. I'm, gonna, I'm your friend. You know I'm your friend. Renounce means no longer do I partner. So let, let's pretend I have been partnering with this lie that you know, I'm not going to forgive. I'm not forgiving Mark. Mark hurt me. I'm not forgiving him. So everywhere I go, listen, everywhere I go, I go with this. Okay? Now, if I really want to make it true, here's, here's the way it really works. But I can't drag this. Everywhere I go, this is what I'm doing. So renouncing means I have the authority because the first step was I confessed the sin of unforgiveness. Now I'm going to renounce and go, I'm not going to partner with this anymore. I'm not going to fellowship with this anymore. I'm going to renounce and say, no more, no more. You're not my friend. Unforgiveness, you're not my friend. Mike, you're my friend, okay? Unforgiveness, okay? <laughs> Don't get too relaxed. I might have you back up here in a minute. Is right there where you're at. I want you to say, I want you to say this. You, say, you can say it, whisper it out loud. Some of you, you probably need to do that. Based on my confession of my sin, you can just say it silently, whatever. Based upon the confession of my sin, with the Holy Spirit's help, I renounce unforgiveness in my life towards this person or persons. I no longer will partner with, unfe- with, with unforgiveness. 
Okay? Now let's go to the next step. I want all of you looking this way. Come back up, Mike. I should have just kept you up here, but I thought you need to sit down. I don't, do you have your driver's license with you? Hey, can I take one away from you? We're going to revoke those babies for a couple moments because I don't have my wallet on me. You ever had these revoked before? No. Okay, even, <laughs> even before you were saved? Okay, good. Good deal. Good deal. All right, great. Great deal. Some of you know, uh, oh, you, you know, you may be living there. Revoke means you have no authority to drive. Your privileges to drive have been taken away. Now, let me tell you to catch this, guys. You can have those back. Hang with me for a second, I think. See, there's some of you in this room that you're going, you know what, yeah, I've had some unforgiveness, but it hasn't really harmed me much. It's, it's not been real heavy. Ten being the worst, it's been one or two. And you don't need to do this in one sense, but we're all going to do it just because I want you to learn how to do this. We teach you how to do this in freedom. Is some of you here in this room, you're, you're out of six or seven or eight or nine, it's heavy in your life. It's heavy. And there's some of you in this room, it's heavy. I, 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 won't, I, I, can, I can see it. But I, you notice when I start doing this, I never look at anybody because I don't want to. And I'm your friend, and the Holy Spirit's your friend. Here's why you have authority. <clears throat> You confessed it, amen? Did you confess it? Did you renounce it in Jesus' name? Did, did the blood of Jesus Christ forgive you and cleanse you of that? Yes. Now, what happens is this. If you partner with this very long, you get to where you're in bondage. There's a heaviness, and it affects everything about your life. And when, that, when you're there, I'm telling you, there's a spirit, evil spirit, of unforgiveness that's hovering over your life. Now you say, well, that, that can't happen. I'm a Christian. Now you listen to me. Christians cannot be possessed by an evil spirit, but Christians can be heavily oppressed by a spirit. I don't have time to go into it here, but you come to freedom, you can find that out. Some of you need to speak and revoke this spirit of unforgiveness because it's in this room it's in our nation. Is it not in our nation? We can see it in our nation. You don't, even, you don't even have to be saved to know, hey, there's anger, there's unforgiveness, there's bitterness, you know, there's revenge. It's a spirit. It's not just, just lies. It's a spirit, right? So here's what we're going to do. You go with me and we're going to finish. I'm, I'm six minutes over time. I'm going to wrap it up at 10 minutes over time. Thanks, Mike. You did a great job. All right, so silently with me. Holy Spirit. You just repeat after me. Holy Spirit, thank you that you shine this light of unforgiveness in my life. Jesus, thank you that you've forgiven me for this unforgiveness. I repent of it, and I have renounced it. And based upon my forgiveness, my cleansing, you spirit of unforgiveness, you leave me now and go to the place that Jesus sends you. Leave me now. In Jesus' name, and peace come. Peace. Peace come. Shalom come. You guys feel this? You feel this? Some of you are experiencing it. You know what's happening based on what you just did? You went from here or wherever you're at to I'm not shackled to that. Now, here's the last thing you got to do. This is why you need to be at our next foundations class. You got to replace the lie with the truth. 
You've got to replace the lie with the truth. Guess what? I've got one for you right here. D. Can we put D up there? I helped you out. Holy Spirit. We always, what we've been teaching, we used to say, by God's grace. But I found, I think we've got we to be more specific. Holy Spirit, with your help. Isn't that what we need? I need help. I want to stay in unforgiveness. I don't want to go back at this. Holy Spirit, with your help. Based on the truth found in Matthew 6.15. See what we did? The authority comes from the help of the Holy Spirit and the authority comes by the truth based in Matthew 6.15. I will always forgive others. I choose to forgive others. Now here's the assignment this week. I want you to memorize that. I want you to memorize it. I want you to quote it three or four or five times a day and I want you to live it out. Amen? Is this not good? Isn't it worth going nine minutes and eight seconds over time? I think so. So Father God, we bless you. We praise you. Lord, I know there's some in the room right now that maybe they need to be forgiven. Maybe they need to be cleansed. And Lord God, I pray right now in Jesus' name that they would call upon you. And Lord, I pray if there's anyone else in this room that needs to continue forgiveness, I pray they would. And Lord God, if there's anyone in this room that needs to go talk to someone and say, I forgive you, I release you, grant them wisdom on when and how to do this. In Jesus' name, by the help of the Holy Spirit, based on Matthew 6.15, we will be forgivers. Amen?